This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Well, hey, everybody. Y'all doing good? Oh, it's such a big day. We are finally one church in two locations. To be honest with you, this is the culmination of years of tiny steps and so many people who are willing to say yes along the way and along the, the journey to doing this. It's really about uh, managing the growth that God has blessed us with over the last several years, and we're so blessed to be able to do this today. So thankful for our team, those who are serving and volunteering. We love you. We're so thankful that we get to do this with you. It's a blessing. It really is, and we're excited for what this day will bring. Next Sunday, I, I don't want you to miss it. My good friend Josh Baird, who pastors Love Church right outside of Washington, D.C. Josh is going to be with us. and um, I, I really don't know a better leader than Josh. Um, he's led through some really big challenges within his church, and he's done it with a lot of integrity and a lot of clarity and uh, really just a lot of internal strength. He's a strong strong young leader and we're going to be blessed by having him with us next week as we kind of continue in the series that we're starting today called eternally source now we're going to begin really by going to first samuel chapter 17 so would you stand all around the room as we honor the reading of the word of god and we read through this passage which is really familiar to us first samuel 17 beginning verse 1 now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soka in Judah. They pitched camp at the Ephes Damon between the Soka and the Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the Valley of Elah and drew up their battle lines to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out to the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels on his legs. He wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slunk on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and it weighed, its, its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. And Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. And if he is able to fight me and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. 
Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Let's pray. Father God, as we look into an old, familiar story, a story that many of us have told and has been told to us many, many times, I'm praying that today you would allow us to see something in this story that we have never seen before. God, open our eyes to what you have to give us today. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Touch your neighbor and tell them I'm a giant killer. Goliath was a giant. I mean, based on the recorded metrics in Scripture, he was over nine feet tall. I mean, I have a friend who's 6'8". That's tall. I look like a little kid next to him, okay? I can't imagine nine feet tall. It's beyond intimidating. He's representing the Philistines. Now, on the other side, you've got Saul and the armies of Israel. He's the commander. And the problem with Saul is, if you know the story, and we're going to get into this in a little bit, he constantly, instead of going to God, he follows his own instincts and follows himself. And in this moment, he is leading scared. He's scared. And I want you to see something today as we get started. This is number one in your notes. Fear is the byproduct of confusing sources. So many of you are struggling with fear. Fear that manifests as anxiety or fear that manifests as dread. But fear is the byproduct of confusing sources. And we see that in this moment. In Saul and the soldiers that are following. Now Saul is a, what I would call a self-led man. He's doing what he feels like is right and good and appropriate for each and every circumstance. But if you're self-led, you're not God-led. And God doesn't want us to be self-led, self-made. God wants us to be God-led. In chapter 13 of 1 Samuel, this comes to a head. Saul has amassed the armies of Israel. They've, they've had a great victory. And, and the prophet says, hey, wait on me. Now you understand, as king, he's the political social leader. The prophet, at this point in time, it's kind of the spiritual leader. Wait on me, King Saul. We will celebrate the victory. We will make sacrifices to God. Just wait on me. I'm going to be about three days before I can get to you. And about the third day, Saul noticed some of his men leaving. The army is starting to go back home. And he becomes afraid. The prophet hasn't shown up yet. Samuel has, he said three days, but it, it, it's on the third day. And, and Saul's getting, he's getting a little antsy. And instead of waiting, he takes it on himself 
to do what God had relegated to the prophet. He brings in the sacrifices, and as king, he offers the sacrifices. And right after that, Samuel the prophet shows up. Verse 13, you have done a foolish thing. Samuel said, you have not kept the command of the Lord your God, the one that he gave you, if you had. Now notice, this is what was at stake. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now, your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Think about what God was saying through Samuel. He was saying, I I want a leader who's after my heart. I want a man who's coming after me and saw you consistently go back to yourself. You go back to your ways. You go back to your own thoughts. What you think is best. You're not doing what I asked. You're doing what you want. See, as king, Saul believed that he was the source. Can we just be honest? That had to be remarkably easy to do. He was the king. Everything in the kingdom, like just politically, belonged to him. If he said raise taxes, they could raise taxes. If he said I need men to go to war, they'd get men to go to war. God was looking for a man that even though he had that kind of power, he never looked at himself as the source. He looked to God. See, what Saul believed, his behavior exposed. Some of us get so wrapped up in our own intentions that we don't analyze our behavior. Our behavior exposes what we believe. And Saul's behavior exposed what he really believed. Fear exposes the areas in our lives that we have not trusted God as source. That's what fear does. When we start to feel that fear, start to experience a time of fear, what's happening is it's exposing. Our behavior is exposing our belief. It exposes an area that we haven't trusted God as source. So I'm going to make this, this is a big statement, a big statement that I'm going to spend really a lot of time trying to explain it. This is number two. God is the source. Everything else is a resource. God is the source. The Bible says in James that every good and perfect gift is coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. He is every good thing in my life. He is the source of it. Everything else in my life is a resource. God is the source of everything good. Joy, peace, blessing, the resources of time and talent and treasure. God is the source. Here's an example, okay? Love. Love. Now, I get a lot of places in my life where I've received some love. 
okay? Some of y'all, y'all, y'all love me. You're my friends. We, we, we've done life together. You love me. My, my wife loves me. Uh, my, my kids love me. There, there are friends that love me. Even my dog loves me, y'all. I'm just going to tell you, okay? She loves me. It's a lot of places that I, through life, receive Love, but look at this little verse in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. I want you to leave this up while I teach this. Dear friends, let us not let us love one another, for love comes from God. This is so simple, but y'all, if you can see this, oh, it's eye-opening. It's life-changing. The, the directive in this verse is love one another. Jesus would teach this later and said, this is how men will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. It's so, I mean, over and over and over and again, the Bible says we're going to love one another. How do we? We bear with one another in love. We love one another. Dear friends, oh, John's saying, love one another. But look at what he says, for love comes from God. Now, let me paraphrase this verse. What John is saying is God is our, our source of love. When I'm plugged into the source, God is pouring love. And God loves me. And because God has been the source of my love, now I can love other people. What God has given, He intends for it to flow through me so I might become not a source of love, but a resource of love for others. See, God is source. He is. My, my wife loves me, but she's a resource. My, my kids love me, but they're a resource. My friends love me, but they're a resource. Even my dog can be a resource of God's love. The other day I had a, I had a bad day. Y'all just had a really tough day. You know, and you get to the end of the day and you just feel just crushed and empty. Boy, I had one of those. My wife wasn't feeling real good. She was laying on the couch and the kids were already in bed. The house was pretty still. And normally my dog will cuddle up with my wife. She, I think she loves my wife a little bit more than she loves me, okay? Definitely loves my sister more than she loves me. But that night, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, just a soul-searching kind of night. She came in, and she cuddled up next to me. And I honestly remember thinking, God, thank you. I needed that. And I know it's not from her. I, I know that everything in my life, it comes from you. They're all just resources. God uses resources to deliver his blessings to us. And see, the problem is so many of us get confused about what's a resource and what's a source. We get confused. We look at our kids and see them as a source of love. We look at our spouse and see them as a source of love. And I want to tell you something. When you confuse a resource for a source, you've put yourself in a bad position. Saul did that. Saul did that. Certainly there were resources at his disposal. He had authority. He had power. He had prestige. But they were resources given to him by the source who was God. But oh, David. 
David wasn't confused about who his source was. As a matter of fact, his most tragic moments would come when he was confused about who his source was. 1 Samuel chapter 16, God said, I'm after a man who is after my heart. And he found that in Bethlehem, in the house of Jesse. If you know the story, old Samuel shows up. Jesse, I believe one of your next, one of your boys is going to be the next king. Would you, would you bring him in? Let me pray over him. And he, and he went through and he prayed over all the boys. And God said no and no and no. And he finally had to look at Jesse and go, hey, are they, this it? Jesse goes, no. There's more. There's one. He's, he's kind of out taking care of the sheep. I, you kind of infer. Jesse's like, I don't, I don't really think that's who it was, okay? So he sends and David comes in. And he prays over and God says, this is the one. The one that even his dad didn't think it could be him. And he anoints him. The very next chapter is when we start to see this conflict with the Philistines and Israel grow. And something happens in verse 17. Look at this. Jesse, the father, said to his son David, take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread to your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of the unit. See how your brothers are doing and bring back some assurance from them, they are with Saul and all the men in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Now, essentially, right after being anointed the next king, his dad sends him on an errand. Hey, David, I mean, can you take this lunchable to your brothers? I mean, it's what it is. Some cheese and crackers and bread. Would you do this? This is a very fancy charcuterie board. Would you just take that to the front line? Now, I'm going to tell you what I wouldn't have done. I would have looked at my dad and said, Dad, you're in here. You know I'm going to be the next king. Send somebody else. But not David. David humbly does what his dad's asking him to do. And he goes to the front lines. He drops off the, the supplies. He checks on his brothers. But the time that he shows up, is when that Philistine giant had come out and he begins to shout and insult and defy the armies of God. And David is insulted and everybody else is afraid. And what you're going to see in this is that David was different. Everybody else viewed Saul as their source of strength. But David knew that God was his source. Verse 32, David's been causing a ruckus and he actually gets, why are you running? Why are you afraid? Why are you letting that man say that? He's not even a member of the army. He gets called to appear before Saul. And David said to Saul, let no one lose heart. On account of this Philistine, your servant will go and fight him. Saul looked at David literally in the text. You're a young, you're a young man. You're a young man. How? I mean, how do you think 
that you're going to go do this. And he looks at Saul and he says, listen, when I've been in the pasture taking care of my father's sheep, there was a bear that came. and He was going to attack the sheep. And I killed the bear. Then on another instance, there was a lion that came. And the lion was going to attack the sheep. And I, I killed the lion. I killed these two animals with my own hands. Now notice what he says to Saul. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hands of these Philistines. Do you see it? He's saying, listen, God was there in the quiet moments when I needed somebody to show up on my behalf. And when I fought, it was God who did it. I knew it was God. And right now, it'll be God again. God is my source. When you, when you know that God is your source, everything else has to come into alignment with that knowledge. David's not scared of Goliath because he's seen the strength of God manifested on his behalf and he knows that God is his source. Everybody else is afraid, not David. Saul had been his own source. And when you are your own source, the only response to things that are out of your control is fear. That's it. That's now how David had lived. So there's this moment when Saul's like, fine. I mean, nobody else is going to do it. I'll let, I mean, yeah, but why don't you, you don't have armor, you don't have a weapon. Why, why don't you just, David, let me give you my armor. Now, the, the text tells us before Saul's appointed king that Saul was a head taller than everybody in Israel. He was tall. So David tries on his armor, and armor was built custom to a person. So he tries on the armor, it doesn't fit. David literally looks at the king, and I will not use your armor or your weapons. And in a sense, what he's saying is, I don't need your source. Because the same God that was with me will be the God that is with me now. So David and Goliath parlay. Okay, so this was a historical practice whereby one member of one army and another member would face off one-on-one -on -one instead of the entire armies facing off. And David said, if you want a verse to put on a wall somewhere in your house, look at what David, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. I mean, think about what he's saying. Like, your source is your strength, your armor, your weapons, but I'm not coming against you that way. I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord. It is God who is my source. Verse 47, all those gather here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. What's he saying? That's not the source of this. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you 
into our hands. So verse 50 records this. David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him without a sword. Think about what that means. Without a sword. Without the standard of strength. Why? Because David knew that God was his source. He knew it. He knew that God was going to show up. And when you know that God is your source, you can fearlessly respond to his call. When you know that God, when, and, and, and true, okay, what, there, there's a lot of different kinds of call. But when we know that God is source, we can fearlessly respond to what God's calling us to. Now, is that ministry? Yes. Every Christian is called into ministry. I look around this room and I see some of you who are teachers. And you have a ministry in that classroom. Small business owners. You have a ministry with your client. Some of y'all are retired. And you have a ministry with your family. But we're also called to other things. We're called to not be anxious for anything but in all things through prayers and supplications make your request known unto God and the God of peace will grant you peace that passes all understanding called to not be anxious we're called to forgive forgive the unthinkable forgive people who will never forgive us we're called to trust to trust God even when we don't understand God has called every Christian to give sacrificially and fearlessly. Why can we give? Why can we be the people who can go, okay, you want me just starting at 10%. Why can we do that? Because we know that God is the source. Everything I have, I was given by Him. And the reason I can turn around and release it back into the kingdom of God is I know that it all came from Him. And God's saying, listen, everything I give you, you can keep 90% of it. But I want you to release 10% back into the kingdom. Now, if you're confused by the source, it'll be tough to do that. It'll be tough to do that. Because instead, we'll say, this is my money. Why, why can't, I, this is all I have. If I give 10%, I have left. I, 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 what am I going to do if I run out? All these questions. But when you know that God is source, it's so much easier to trust Him and obey. Some of us are confused about the sources in our life. We're confused about the source of wisdom. We think that it's got to be my way. We're confused about the source of affirmation. So we look to our friends to tell us that we're doing it right. We're confused about our source of love. So we look to our spouse. We believe that they're the ones who love us. We are confused about our source of purpose. And so we look at our kids. And we'll say this again. 
God alone is our source. Everything else is a resource. Don't be a Saul. Be a David. Now today I want to ask you this question. What resource do you need to submit to God? Maybe there's a resource in your life that that you have looked at it as source. A a marriage, a child, a job. You've looked at this friend or this identity and you need today to submit it to God. You bring it under God's authority. I want you to hear this. That's only when you'll see how good it was really meant to be. Because nothing will ever be as good as God intended it to be when you're confused and think it's the source. But when we finally recognize it's just a resource, God, you're the source, we get to enjoy it for what it really is. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.